3: so, that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items,
0: delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand-new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Lift tickets. They had a good run. But now there's Epic Day Pass. Choose to ski or ride one to seven days and select your resort access to Vail, Park City, and more, all while paying less compared to Lyft tickets. Sorry, lift tickets. It's time for Epic Day Pass.
3: Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Co-hosting today is Yanis Shanaeus and Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of the embarrassing 4-2 loss for Fulham against Cardiff City. This was a terrible loss. We'll be breaking it down in a few minutes. But before we go any further, I have to welcome both of my co-hosts back to the show. I will start with Mr. Cohen. You did the full-time show. Feeling any better a day later?
4: (laughs) When I woke up this morning, I opened up Twitter. I felt worse, Russ. The negativity <laughs> around this club is something else. And I, I think Giannis knows this as well. I mean, when, when we lose, there's not, there's not really anything quite like Fulham fans, I have to say. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I think, I mean, I might have contributed to some of that negativity when I said we're out here in a relegation battle. Yep. But I'm going to be that's completely fine. honest. After sleeping on this, I'm going to stand by that statement. Okay. I hate to say it. My, my first thoughts is we are still in a relegation battle. And that's a sad fact. Okay.
3: Well, you were entitled to your opinion there, my friend. Mr. Janaeus, it's early for you. How are you doing, my friend? Well, I still don't have a job.
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I, you, I watched the game yesterday and it was, yep. um, you know, it was a bit it was a bit train wreckish, but there's some stuff to talk about. And uh, I don't think I'd want to be a member of the Fulham squad tomorrow at practice, I'm sure. Well, I wouldn't that, want, want to be. I'm yes, there with you. Was gonna, he's going to serve more volleys than Serena Williams. Yeah. <laughs> um, he will not be a happy camper with what happened yesterday, and uh, it wasn't. Uh, it certainly wasn't acceptable.
3: Absolutely not, Giannis, and we're going to break it down. And what I thought I would do, we normally use uh, what the managers have said after the match, and uh, instead of doing that, I'm actually going to save that for the player rating show, and I'm actually doing that with uh, Matt Smith, who will be making a return. Matt Smith, who I did the coach's corner with, a year ago, he will be joining me for the player rating show, so then I'm going to be reading the comments from Savisa after the match. Instead, I'm going to read the article excerpts from it from Ryan O'Donovan on football.london because I find what he wrote very good, and I think it's a gives us some great talking points. So that's how we're going to get going, guys, and I'm just going to read the title and then the beginning of it, and then we're going to talk about it. Here's Ryan O'Donovan's article entitled Gutless, spineless, pathetic, Savisa Jokonovic must take blame for Fulham's defeat to Cardiff. That's the title, and this is what he wrote, and I'm just going to read the first part of this. Usually after a match, I write a load of things I noticed that I thought were of interest from a game that can be discussion points after a match. For yesterday, that may have been Andre Shurwa's absolutely stunning strike or Ryan Sessian's first Premier League goal where he became the first player born after 2000 to score in the top flight. But all that pales in insignificance after the performance that Fulham put in against Cardiff City on Saturday as then bottom of the table side sent the club back to London with their tails between their legs. Gutless, spineless, pathetic. Usually words like these are, are hyperbole, but yesterday's performance warrants such description. Once more, Fulham's defense caused alarm bells to ring around the Cardiff City Stadium as mistake after mistake was made by every single member of the squad that took the field at Wales. Tim Ream, Callum Chambers, Maxine Lamarchand, and Dennis Adoy were picked in a left field selection from Jokonovic at the back and what I imagine was picked in order to solidify a defense that was leaking goals and to deal with a threat Cardiff would pose on the break. But Neil Warnock, who told his players, who would be starting on Monday in order to spend the whole week preparing for his starting 11 for the game, sent out his side to hassle, and impress, forcing an already nervous foam into mistake after mistake. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Janis, I'm going to go to you first. I just want to get your thoughts on what Ryan wrote here just to begin our conversation here about the match.
1: Well, I mean, Slava can take the blame for the selection. I mean, I, I would say to you that with the exception of probably Mitro and perhaps Scherler, um, the rest of the 11 that started yesterday and the bench every reason, could all be dropped in terms of what, what I saw yesterday. But at the same time, you know, the, the players have to take responsibility. We, we looked a yard slow. Um, we looked a little disorganized. We weren't reading situations. I think the fourth goal summed it up for me. You know, the cross comes Absolutely. in, the, the door is asleep. You know, the third goal, Reem slips, um, you know, falls over like a five-year-old. Um, and we just, we weren't at the races. And yet, we did the difficult bit well. Sherlock scores an absolute one. That's right. We go 2-1 down. Lovely goal by Sassanian. Great, great setup by, by Mitro. Um. And we've come back in the game and then um, we've shot ourselves in the foot. We, you know, I don't, um, we're not a quarter of the se- way of the season. I'm not going to subscribe that we're in a relegation battle. We've had injury problems. Um, and um, this might be the catalyst for change in terms of what Slava needs to do. But I'm sure the players will have got back on the coach after the game. looked to all those incredible fans that travelled west and gone, well, this, is, this was embarrassing and um, they have to take responsibility for the performance. It wasn't good enough.
3: No, it wasn't good enough, Giannis, and uh, we're going to break down all of the mistakes that they made, and uh, it's unfortunate how this all played out because I was hopeful going into this match, and uh, I think Ryan does a great job here just explaining exactly what happened through his eyes, and we're going to go a little bit further into the article. Max, I'm going to go to you next, but before I do that, I'm going to read another excerpt from his article to just to continue this conversation and get your thoughts of what Ryan wrote here. This is what he wrote yesterday. A lot of the blame weighs at the feet of the regular readers of mine will know I back him to come good only hours before the fortitude defeat on Saturday. I wrote a long read on how I think he's still the right man for the job. And that's an opinion. I still hold. However, changing to play four center backs against the side that only scored four goals in eight games was the, Bizarre decision and one that doesn't fit with his style of playing football. The decision to substitute jean Michael Seri off and bring on Florida Ite and change formation was questionable for me too. That further isolated Alexander Mitrovic and meant that full lost a creative player in midfield, meaning Cardiff could press and hassle at will without worrying of being carved open by Seri's passes. And while the feeling is that the head coach is largely at fault, I don't believe the players should escape without getting their fair share of criticism. Good players don't suddenly become bad ones overnight. Ream, Chambers, Alfie Mawson, they're all good players that have the ability and talent to play far, far better than they currently are. Yeah. Okay, that is from Brian O'Donovan from his article. I want to go to you, Max, because some of these talking points that I just read to you, we've talked about, and it's funny because I was – reading a little of the tweets that Mike Gregg, one of our co-hosts, was talking about. And he actually was surprised by the approach to basically play four center backs. I'm paraphrasing what Mike tweeted because this is a team that we should be getting back to what he wrote, Yoka Basics. This was not the team to really get overly defensive against. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Again, I'm paraphrasing a little bit of what Mike's talking about here. But was the approach wrong to be
4: so defensive? <clears throat> well, I'm gonna look at it, look at it this way. What was the alternative? You play Cessignon left back and Christie right back and leave um I guess Mawson and Reem or Adoy and Reem as center backs? Yep. Is that any better? Is that worse? I, I think we do have to take into account listen, I think Sleezen made mistakes, but I think people are being too harsh on him with regards to the back four selection. Okay. Clearly, I wouldn't have selected Chambers at right back. But then again, when I'm saying that, are you really going to put Christie at right back as well after the horror show at Arsenal and this horror show at Everton and everything we've seen from him this season? Really, like, this is to the point where I kind of going to agree with you guys to say, listen, the injury problems here are really affecting the back four. You, you can't blame Slavisa when he's faced with, the, with a Callum Chambers or Cyrus Christie at right back. No Premier League manager should have to make that decision. And if you make that decision, it's gonna result in a bad defense no matter what no matter what you're gonna do. So you could argue going back to the basics and playing, you know, the attacking fullbacks, you know, as we did last season with Fredericks and Target and try to put Christie in that role, that could have been slightly better. But okay. even so, I think we'd probably be even more exposed and, and, and play just as shaky if Christy Christie was in that role. So for the back four, I can't really blame you, can't image that much. Okay.
3: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I want your thoughts on this because this is something that stood out for me. We'll we'll talk about the starting 11 in just a bit. But um, I was surprised to see the back four, like I said, basically four center backs out there. And Max makes an argument of why he potentially did this. And to Joganovich's credit, he's not afraid to make changes. He made a change here. I don't know if it was the right change. Obviously, he was trying to fix a problem and it didn't work. So I, I want your thoughts about... This situation with playing these uh, four centre backs, two of them being full backs.
1: Well, Cyrus Christie had a very good, very good game for uh, Republic of Ireland. In he did? But that was sentiment feel, but I mean, I wouldn't obviously put him there, but he probably came back with full of confidence. You could stick him in at right back. I have to say this um, publicly: I, I, Callum Chambers to me is terrible. Well, he, he was horrible in this game, and he has been horrible. horrible. And he's been horrible. I mean, I, 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 there's no, there's no. I'd actually like to rename him Echo Chambers <laughs> because you can't see him and you certainly can't hear him. Yeah. Um, he's just he's been awful. And then when you've got a player who's playing as poorly as he is, you've really got three defenders. Um, I mean, Alfie Mawson, when he came on, I mean, there was a lot that was just all over the ruddy shop. But at some point, you know, at some point, um, you could say, okay, there are four defenders playing, you know, four centre-backs. But can they not? Can they not defend? <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're a left back playing. <laughs> you know, if you're a left sided um, centre back playing, Robert, do you not know how to defend? You're still a defender. That's right. And they just—they tore us. Um, they really tore us the ribbons. Um, the the midfield didn't do us any favours. No, nope. um, I thought defensively we were, were we were at a shambles. I felt actually sorry for Seri because. Um, I scratched my head as to why he was subbed. I thought K Mac and Johansson were having a mare out there. Oh, I thought they were horrible too. I mean you could have
4: taken off any of the three midfielders. They were all terrible.
1: Yeah, and you put you. They pick your poison poison at that point, honestly, because they were all poison. That's right. And you know what? You bring Sess on and you bring my friend Mr. Itay on. I mean, and then you know, you got Boo Boo Camera who could have could have made a difference out there. At least he'll bully the bollocks out of Morrison and Bamba. But no, he's sitting he's parking his bottom on the bench, okay, fair enough, but the players on the on the on the field have got to do the job, and absolutely yeah those three are looking probably looking back and going, what is go-? must be going, what is going on here what 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 is this you know the, the, we can't tackle, we can't head, we can't pass a ball, we can't keep possession you know it was poor and and that's why I think tomorrow's training session Slava's going to rip. He's going to be. There's going to be some hairdryer treatment coming out. You might even call Sir Alex. So can you can I borrow one of your hair dryers? Come down. Honestly, help me out. It was it was it was against a team who were up for it, and we were going to be up for it. Not just because it was bottom of the table clash, but because all the money we spent, that, that's made us a target. Let's be honest. Sure. But at two-two, I thought we were well in it, and then all of a sudden, slip, fall go and and then it's it and i'm I'm looking at my wife i'm going i started laughing because i mean what else are you gonna do it was um it was comical stuff and uh, absolutely honest yeah it was it was just it was one of those days that and and then to see jazz richards
3: (laughs) at insult to injury that did
1: did it for me then i started yelling (laughs) at the cats (laughs) (laughs) wasn't happy about that
3: Oh, when Jazz Richards comes on, I've heard about that, you know. Sure. That just tells you it's not your day. Mm. And and it certainly wasn't there, my friend. All right. One final part to Ryan's article, and then we'll break this thing down by talking about the starting eleven and the key moments. Or we'll just call them low moments, but there were a couple of good moments. Obviously the goals by foam. Here's uh the ending to Ryan's article, and Max, I'll go to you because this kind of goes with our conversation yesterday on the full time show. This is what Ryan wrote. The players need to stand up and be counted now. This brings back memories of Sunderland last season, where Fulham were at their lowest point after being beaten by a side that hadn't won at home in a year. That loss gave the players and indeed Jokonovic to kick up the backside they needed to go on and start performing at the level they can do. Now is their watershed moment for this campaign. Fulham can launch their inquest into what is going wrong at the moment, pull together and sort it out or they can let it continue and see their Premier League season fall apart. Their season is at the tipping point. It's now up to the players in Jokonovic to show their worth. They got themselves into this mess, and they need to get themselves out of it. And that's how Ryan ended his article. Max, I agree with what Ryan said. You and I talked about this. Was the match yesterday the low point? I hope it was bottom of the barrel for this season. This could be the tipping point. What are your thoughts about what Ryan wrote here? Because everyone needs to be accountable and needs to go forward. The Sunderland match is a great example. I could bring up the Brentford match as well, but the Sunderland match, everything turned after that.
4: I agree. But my my only question is after a turning point, right, after a terrible result like a Sunderland match, what you expect is a change, right, a change – Inflammation, a change in mentality that results in different results, different uh, matches on the pitch, right? You know, after the Sunderland match, you know, Hugh Hansen was that false nine, and of course, yes. you know, we reverted back to how we knew how to play afterwards. That that four three three, and that's really what got us to that twenty three match on Run and whatnot. Here, our problem this season is that we keep changing. Everything is changing. There's no defense. There's no solidity. There's no consistency with selection. And of course, that's due to a number of factors, but the fact of the matter is if we change it again, which is what we're going to have to do, just feeds the cycle. We need to settle on a on a, on a a first 11. And right now it's still proving elusive. And that's why I want this to be a turning point. But until we can get that consistent best 11 players in the pitch week in, week out, which is the key, the key to our success. I believe if we get a consistent starting 11, we will be okay. But that that is just so far away in the horizon now. I cannot see that happening anytime soon, just based on injuries, performances, just overall inconsistency. So I'm I'm praying that the Bournemouth match is going to be that Barnsley match where we turn around the next match at home. But I just can't say I'm not optimistic.
3: Okay. Over to you, Yanis. Your thoughts on uh, what Ryan wrote at the end and also what Max just shared there.
1: Um. I think Slava's going to have to look in the mirror in terms of... Um, and and while I quantify that, the um, the individuals out there on Twitter and Facebook are calling for his head, like, shut up, stick your head in the toilet. Um, don't press... I mean, they're pressing the panic button, jumping off, you know, bandwagons and what have you. But I think he's going to have to take a very close look at the lineup and and... and see where maybe a change is going to have is the, the biggest impact and just on the basis of some of the stuff i saw yesterday i think um the first person on the, on the, the chopping block may well be bets because um back four will that's play. very
3: interesting Giannis because that was really our change last season that got us pushing forward
1: yeah i i just think yesterday um we look very nervous in the back, and, and that's fine. But Betts is coming out, and he's punching at everything. He's not catching the ball. There was one where he, he took out... Um, did he take out Chambers in a challenge in the year? There's one where he headed the ball when he came outside the box. It's, it's you know, he's not Bruce Crabola. He's he's, <laughs> he's not Rene Higuita who can, who can get away with that. And um, he's he's um, he's not playing particularly well right now. That that goal, um, the third goal, really should he get to that? I, I think was going to ask you that. Do you think? Yeah, he should have? yeah. It, 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 I think it. I think it's actually one of the first things Slabber may look at. Tomorrow, he's got Rico or Fabri. Do I make a change? Do I make a change? Do I make a drastic change now? And it's for a home game where I make a make a real statement. You know, uh, Betts has been to the, in the last two England squads. He's not got any playing time. But he's not playing well, I don't no. think, and um, I think that's the first starting point. And then he's got to just take a look at this. this probably this week. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a players-only meeting um, with um, K Mac, Tom Kearney. Kearney needs to get back quickly. But players have to take. How much do
3: they the miss Tom Kearney? Because I'm starting to think this is pretty significant.
1: I think they do to an extent, but it, but I mean, I've never believed that players get become poor overnight. We just looked. Yeah. Actually, I think the biggest problem is we look very disorganised right now. Totally agree. And that's and then so so what so then Slava's got to sit down with the coaches and um, look at what we need to do. I mean, Bournemouth will not be an easy game. They're, they're nope. playing well, um, but we are at the cottage. Um, it's it's a game where we can create chances. Um, You know, he has to somehow find a way to inject some sort of, you know, pace in there, Um, some sort of uh, composure, balance, um, making sure we're dropping in numbers, because our defending was calamitous yesterday, it wasn't good enough. Horrific. I'm not going to say it's... I won't do that, because we're all going to, you know, two... Look, we're three points away from 13th. I think it's, it's... I agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, you know, I'll be, um, you know, sort of, you know, I'll be, I'll be low-key about it. But uh, I think the first thing is we have to look at the back and, and, and bet. And, um, you know, Slavo Slava has done an incredible job here. And he, no one is going to take this harder than he will. And uh, he deserves all the, you know, he deserves all the, um, the patience that the, that the club will give him. And, um but uh, it was, a, it was a low point, but every season has to have a low point. We've, you know, right. we've, we've, yeah, we've had ours. And um you See, know, I think
3: was, this is rock bottom, Giannis. We'll find out if I'm proven right, but I think this is rock bottom where then you can build from that point. on. that's why we're talking about bringing up some of these matches from last season, the Sunderland match. That's rock bottom. Then you move up, like, you know, and everyone thought rock bottom was really against, say, Brentford. But if you yes. really look at it, when it really turned it was against Sunderland
1: after that. Yeah, yeah, it was. And that was that was in November. I mean, you could say the two one defeat of Burton Albion was bad. That too. You know, my friend my, my good friend Kyle McFadden. <laughs> oh, um, that was that was horrible too. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. But um you know what there's time and there's a week yep. between games and he's got a full squad this week I'm like, that's where the international break can really screw you up. We we had 10, 10 players, was it, missing on international duty? Yes. Yeah, twelve players available for practice for two. That's that's not fun. I know it's the same for every squad, but we don't have the depth of squad that most others do. So that wouldn't have been easy by any means. Okay, very good. Quickly, I Max. Uh, sorry, just about
4: the Benelli thing. Yeah, like, I, I was just I, going I was, to, to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> because listen, I'm full credit to because what really gets me mad is people on Twitter making terrible points and just slacking off Benelli for no rhyme or reason, just because they have a personal vendetta against him. And I can clearly say Giannis obviously has some very well reasoned points and, you know, is a very convincing argument that's obviously thought out. So thank you, Giannis, because you're revolutionizing the debate. Whereas on Twitter, it's just it's <laughs> terrible. People just criticizing him. Not, going, not, not on merit. Oh, I, I still think it's very unfair to call out Marcus Bendel. And I still don't think a change in goalkeeper is the answer. Any goalkeeper, Sergio Rico, Fabry included, is going to ship goals for fun in front of that back four. And I just think for that, that third goal, which obviously is the one that people are going to point to, and rightfully so, because it's, it's a really poor goal to concede. I he think.
3: looks like he should get that, if he we're looks being good. completely honest.
4: Yeah, I, I, I see that, but at the same time, what I also see is a ball being played in the box that both Tim Ream and Ken McDonald go for and oh, somehow get each other's way. I see yeah. Alfie Mawson, is, and this is my explanation, and this can be you can say, oh, you're just making excuses for him, and that might be fair. But I'm going to say Alfie Mawson completely blocks the view of ben Nelly. And that shot goes right through his legs. He's, he's un, completely unsighted. And it's a scuff shot. But honestly, it's a scuff shot. That's probably the perfect shot, scuff shot right in the corner. Yeah. And the dive isn't great. But I think to criticize Benelli after that performance is, is really not fair.
1: I, it's I, not bad. I, it's the optics. I think it's the optics, Max. I, I, I honestly think he's going to. My, my point now on this one is that, okay, we've been leaking all these goals. Um, so I think somebody somebody becomes the um the scapegoat. Yeah. I really do. And then who's the first who's the easiest one to make the scapegoat when you've got three in his position? I'd say it's betts. <sighs> Good yeah, point there. Yeah,
4: it's fair. He's right been, about that. Oh, yeah, it's right. It's, no, I agree with that. I mean at the same time, listen, I'm almost hoping. I'm I'm probably one of the biggest Benelli fans here. I'll I'll be honest about that. But I'm hoping at the bottom of my heart, I'm not a Benelli fan, I'm a Fulham fan. And I'm thinking if we big in Rico and Sung changes, just like Russ mentioned where he took out Button and put in Betts. Yeah. If we can get that same effect I'm going to be all for it. I'm going to be really excited. I'm just a little skeptical it's going to happen. You know, based on, listen, Rico's never played a Premier League game. We know he's great in Spain. We know he's great in the Europa League. And I'm confident those skills can transfer over. It's just not a sure thing. But sometimes you need to make a risk. And the communication issues is one that's been cited before. I don't know how much that really plays a factor at the end of the day. But if the risk needs to be take, take, taken, if Sergio Rico is the guy who can turn around our back four, I'm all for it. I'm just not really sure that's the right answer right now.
3: Okay, but again, if you look at the history of Jokonovic, he's a risk-taker, Max. And people think that he just throws out of his system and he just continues just to do the same thing. We all know that that's not what goes on here. He tries to fix the problems when there are problems within his style. He wants to play his style. I think this match he was actually trying to – Work within his style to be more defensive, it just didn't come off, and that's the way I'm looking at it. That's why, when I was reading Mike Gregg's tweets when he was talking about getting back to yoga basics, I understand where he's talking about that because uh, you know I think uh, he's trying to find the happy medium, and I think he was trying to do what people wanted him to do to try to fix the defensive issues. It just did not come off, and he does take risks, so that's why when Giannis brings up the point of changing the goalkeeper. I would not be shocked at all if he does that. Will it work? I don't know. I don't know, and we'll see if he ultimately does that, but he's done it in the past, so that's actually a good point for Giannis to bring that up. Guys, quickly, let's just talk about the starting 11 because we've already been kind of talking about what was going on. We talked about, obviously, starting four center backs, but Max, quickly, give me your thoughts about what was going through your mind when you saw the starting 11.
4: Yeah, obviously, you don't really expect to see Chambers uh, out on the right. That's probably the biggest uh, surprise. And then the midfield of Johansson, McDonald, Sarri, that was an odd one. I don't think we've seen that exact one yet so far. The big, uh, obviously, um, note was that Anguisa was on the bench, and I think people probably no. expected him to start. One possible explanation I don't think a lot of people are talking about is I assume he got back fairly late from African Cup of Nations qualifying. So he might not have had a full... Uh, Training, he might not have had that same uh, preview to the match that maybe the other players had, and that might be a factor in why he didn't start. Um, and then of course, Vieto dropped uh in favor of that that disappointed
3: me. That disappointed me, Uh, yeah.
4: I'll I'll be, I'll be probably a bit unpopular, but I actually remember calling for that um a couple a couple of weeks ago, (laughs) and I think, I think, I don't know, I think Vieto probably didn't deserve to be dropped. Okay, I I do think Sessione got his first Premier League goal. So that perhaps justified it in that yeah. way. I definitely would have rather seen him left wing than playing left back.
3: Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah. let's quickly on the starting 11. Your thoughts. Yikes.
1: <laughs> yeah. You got so, I mean, I love Steph Joe, but he's not for this division. No, he's not. No. Um, K max too slow. Works hard no. but too slow. You got sorry. Drift out on the left. Sorry, sorry. I thought did okay. I was I was a little surprised he was subbed, but I mean the formation at times he looked discombobulated. Um, it looked it looked a little disjointed, especially when you look at the bench. You know you got you got Vietta on there, you got Bubu on there. Uh, Anguissa could have really done a number on this on this lot. Christie had a really good you know couple of weeks with the Republic side. Um, you know, so it's. Yeah, I, I I I didn't as soon as I saw it, I didn't like it. I thought we might have a problem here. Um up front is the only place where I just go, okay. She's yeah. doing well, Mitro's doing his thing, not getting any protection from refs, go figure. Who said Kevin was our friend? <laughs> 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 I mean I mean just the rest of it looked you know, they scored four and they could've sc- they could have scored ten. Oh, and, that's, and that's really worrying. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I keep going back to some of Mike's tweets. Here's something that I remember that he tweeted about. This goes back to the starting 11 and the formation is when you have these centre-backs acting as fullbacks. Well, you don't have that wide game.
1: I think that was a problem yeah. in this match. Yeah. yeah, but too narrow. Too, too narrow. And, and, that's not our, and that's not our game anyway. Our game is to stretch the field as, as much as possible. It's a fair, fair size pitch down in Cardiff. Why are we playing so narrow? I, 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 um I want to bring that up now yeah and I, I just I'd be curious to hear you know I, I applaud slava for taking making the changes to try and you know th- um, ask different questions of any team but I'd be curious to know why he decided he was going to narrow the field again against a team like this what do we need to respect a team that has sold bamber in it right really I mean it's, as an example they there are they're you know they' they work hard they're a plot team. You know, whether it's you got a uh, manga art or Reed, Josh Murphy, Gunnison. I mean, look, a we long We didn't front. attack them enough, Giannis. Yeah, we yeah, we just we paid them too much respect. And if, if it's Man City up at City and Manchester Stadium, yeah, I get it. Or even Arsenal. Yeah, but not but not a weight of Cardiff City and their bottom. Right. You know, it and is, that's it and, and
3: that's the curious part of this. And that was also something that Mike was tweeting and that He can understand going with those four players, but not against Cardiff City. Again, I'm paraphrasing what Mike was tweeting. I don't have it in front of me,
4: but that's what got me to think about this, Giannis. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Who, who do you guys have played in, in, instead? Of, of, I mean, Chris, so Christie and Cessna, would, would those have been your fullbacks? And then put Vieto in the front three? That's what,
1: what would I would have, have that's done. That's just well, me. Well, I think with Christie, I mean, Christie came back. Christie was buoyant. I mean, he came back and... Um, he had a very couple, a very good couple of weeks, and and the Sassanian, you're right. But then, you know, you, we don't we don't have uh, we don't have Joe Bryan available, obviously, um, and we don't have uh, for some, you know, meant So what do we what do we what do we do? Um, I just oh, it, it, to be fair, to Slava, he must he must be head walls right now, because he, he must. Be, How is it possible we can't defend? I know. Just, we can't be this surely this bad, and we are. We do it doesn't. You know, I don't agree with this nonsense about know, sack slaver, jump into the River Thames. We're going down. We're in a relegation battle, but I will say that we look defensively. We look poor. We look disorganised, and we look like a bloody rabble. So I think that um you're right, Max. He's sort of restricted, but but you know, Christie is a right back. I mean, Christie defending against Arsenal and City is different for Christie defending against Cardiff City. Callum Chambers is like a lump of coal. Max, <laughs> let me ask you
3: this: Would you rather have Callum Chambers as your right back against <laughs> Murphy, or would you yeah.
4: rather have Christie? Yeah, yeah. no, it's, I think I'm going to say this, but I'd rather have Christie. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'm going to say Christie too. But the fact of the matter is, even the fact that we're having this conversation. Shows how tough of a position Slavisa is in. As I said, True. no no Premier League manager should have to choose between those two terrible <laughs> options, right? And yeah, then, yeah, agreed. So no. here are the, here are the two right. reactions to that, right? Someone who doesn't know anything about Fulham, and just loves to you know crap on Fulham from the media, which is what we've heard so much of. Oh, they spent a hundred million pounds this oh, summer. How many times I am I going to hear that? It's idiotic. It's idiotic. But the fact that we 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 got it right back. We have Timothy Fosunmez, and he's injured, and we also got Christie in, in the January transfer window. You can't – it's just the worst argument. But the other thing I is, what, what what are you going to do with those two options? So it's rough. It's, it's, we just have to hope, you know, I think Vasa will start against Bournemouth. You know, Salisa said he's in contention. He's not 100%. You know, I think he learned his lesson. Don't rush players back who aren't 100%. Tom cared against Everton. You know, th- don't do stupid stuff like that again because it's going to be out longer, which we always seem to do. But that's not really the point. It's just with all this whole uh, debate of the selection, it just shows – how unlucky we have been and the tough choices Slavis has to make
3: it's a good point Max because it's not easy to try to fix the problem when you're dealing with not your first choice at positions and that's what you're dealing with listen when Mensah's folks and is back he'll be your first choice right back I do think that Joe Bryan will be your first choice left back I know people aren't That thrill with him, but I do think that he will be your left back. And I think he's serviceable, as I've said to people. That's just my feeling on it. Give the guy a chance. He hasn't played enough. Just give him a shot. And I want to see what he can do when he's playing several matches, not just the situation that he was brought under. He came in on the last day. He had no preseason with Fulham, and you got to give the guy a chance. A lot of these players, and that's also part of the problem, is that we have all. These players that were added at the last minute and we're doing it on the fly. And Savisa's is dealing with that and uh, it's tough, but again, he deserves blame for this loss, like Ryan O'Donovan said, but the players do as well. It's a difficult situation right now. And hopefully when players come back, things will change a little bit. And that's what I'm hoping. And, and uh, we'll have to wait and see, but guys can't waste any more time. We have to get to it, even though it's going to be difficult Let's break down the key moments. I'm going to focus on pretty much the goals here to get us through this. Let's start with the first half. And, Max, I'll start with you. And just tell you just quickly that I want to give Carter City credit because it kind of gave us a taste of what this match was going to be like very early on when you have the opportunity for Murphy. Nice save by Betts in the fourth minute. That was the first time that I had a feel, oh, we might be in trouble here because of – the situation with Chambers and Murphy. That got me worried there, and that was early on. But I won't say out of, of the blue, but then you have a wonder goal, Max, by Andre Sherla, and this is one of the reasons why I have hope for this season because you have players that can pull off goals like this, and this was a special goal. Talk about
4: the goal in the 11th minute. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he reminds you he's a World Cup winner. And sometimes just goes missing. And this is one of the occasions when you can see why this is the guy who assisted the World Cup winning goal, you know, just four years ago. There's nothing on when he receives the ball, you know, thirty-five yards from goal. And he just makes a, a beautiful goal out of absolutely nothing. He cuts inside. And, you know, I was actually urging, I was like, I was saying shoot right right before he's gonna shoot, just because, you know, Sherla, if he has an opportunity at goal, he's gonna take it no matter where it's from. And when you shoot enough, you score some superb goals like that. And Etheridge had no chance. It was probably definitely better than the Serie goal, I think, against Burnley. Definitely our goal of the season so far, I'd say. And, but it was weird because it was totally undeserved. I, I'd say it was probably our first or really second real opportunity goal in the match. Cardiff had really penned us in our own half for the opening 10 minutes. The score like this, you're almost thinking, great, this might be kind of an old-fashioned last season full of smash and grab. Um, and then just a couple minutes later, we saw it would be quite different, in fact.
3: Okay, very good. All right, Giannis, over to you. We have another opportunity from Murphy in the 15th minute. Again, he was a the danger guy in the mm-hmm. entire match. And then in, in the 16th minute, you have the goal by Murphy. And this is something that I wrote down that I definitely want to talk to you about because this goes back to what you were talking about earlier about Callum Chambers. How the heck does he have so much space down that wing to do damage and score this goal? I'm curious your thoughts on this.
1: Well, it, Chambers had um, cha- Chambers um, had the reaction of a lump of coal in water. Um, so he was glued, and then uh, he just that was it was. It, it's funny. I mean, I, I was fuming. I was effing and jeffing in the living room watching it. He was so slow in terms of picking Murphy up, and it was it was a poor, poor goal. But then I did have a good laugh when. Um, you know, Chambers got the mercy mercy substitution at half time. You know, it was it was uh, if if I was a vet, I would have got I would have anesthetized anesthetized him. Is that a, is that a word? Anesthetized? Anaesthetized <laughs> sure. uh, Yeah. I'd have got the anesthetic out a little bit earlier. I mean it was <laughs> but it it was it was symptomatic of our our lack of speed of reaction. We were defending like slugs. Yeah. And Chambers is is, is um Chambers might be the worst defender I've seen since Gavin Nebling. Oh, boy, yes. And that's going back 30 years. He's, he's terrible. Wow. He is wow, terrible. He, uh, he, oh, he, he was he, horrible I, in this match. How is, how is
4: he so highly rated by Arsenal?
1: Because, so um, because the first syllable of their name is Ars. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty funny. No wonder, no wonder Arsenal fans were getting on going, yeah, thank God we got rid of him. And of course, we're the poor. I saw moms. some of that, by the way. I did. I saw some yeah. of that. Like, oh, thank God! Don't let the door hit you out the, on the way out, Callum. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what? I think you, Max. Um, I think you, Max, and, and Russ. We'd have a chance of playing that back forward, Callum <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, let's just do a cottage
0: talk
4: back three.
1: Yeah, that's oh,
4: boy. I'll food. play
1: right back in the changing rooms.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Yanis, real quick, going yeah. back to Chambers. Because the announcers were talking about his yellow card could have been a red. Do you agree with that?
1: Yes. Yes, he was lucky. He was a lucky boy. He might have done – we might have played better with 10 players. <laughs> because, <sighs> it, 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 some, you know, sometimes you um, – it shouldn't be at this level, not a Premier League level. Yep. At the amateur level, sometimes you've got teams and you you got a player on the field, and you're like, oh, Jesus, we're playing with 10. We might as well have 10 because actually it would be – it would be less destructive than if he had the eleven, and he was playing so poorly. You know, I'm surprised Slav took only took him off, to, off a half time. I might have taken him off 20 minutes in. I mean, it was it was he was all over the shop, and um, yeah. he looks so devoid of confidence right now. I think he'd struggle at Torquay United.
3: Well, what's interesting, Giannis, and in what did you make of the switching of putting Chambers as a centre back and moving the doy out? Was that well, a you know? Was know that a
1: that desperate me. move at that point? Yeah, it was, and and it's not like a done the worst job in the world. But in what universe? And that's the only thing you know. I'm, I'm loath to have a go at Slava, but in what universe do you think that Chambers would make a decent right back? You might as well. You might as well put. You might as well put Scherler back there, <laughs> because at least at least Shirla's got a better first touch. At least he's yeah. got skill. At least he knows how to pass the ball, and you know he's going to make the runs, and um, he's certainly fit enough. So I mean, you, if if you're going to do that, have a laugh. Put put sh- sh- Jesus, I'd have put Mitro back there. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 the Chambers is it, is very very poor, and he seems to have. To be fair, the lad he's got no confidence right now. Yeah. you and know he might just sit on the bench was. and stay warm with a blanket and watch the game and see if he can. He's still a young player. He is. Just he just hasn't. He, right now, it's. You know, I feel like we're going back to the days of Michael Mancienne. Oh boy. <laughs> And Henry, and Henry, following him.
4: <laughs> Do you remember when the beginning of the season, right after we signed Mawson and Chambers, we, we were saying, and people on social media were saying, you know, it's really sad that, you know, Reem and Adoy are probably going to have no place in this team. You know, they did really so well last season. We're not going to need him at all this season. <laughs> look how look how wrong we were. Reem and Adoy um, have probably been our most, probably the best two defenders that's saying a lot, though. Very sad, but. Well, we um, learned that in the yeah. – uh, what was it, the uh, Watford match, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when Mawson was poor. But like, we, we had really such high hopes for all these summer signings. I think we, I mean, I think everyone, but everyone thinks their summer signing is going to just be amazing. I was so happy when he signed Chambers. I was delighted when he signed Mawson. And they've, they've been two of our worst defenders this season. And it's shocking that our championship core has really stayed intact in some ways in terms of Dennis Adore getting much more Premier League playing time than I think I would have ever imagined. I think I, I thought he was going to leave this summer. I don't think there'd be yeah. any place here in the squad. And he's, you know, appeared period almost in all of our last five or six matches. Yeah. Uh,
3: okay. Very good. Max, back to you. Have to talk about the unfortunate goal that Fulham gave up in the 20th minute from Reed. Let's talk about this calamity.
4: Uh, for the second goal is just, you. You. the first of all, they have the botch free kick routine, right? And it's almost like our people in the wall, our players in the wall, don't react quick enough. They must let him do it without rushing immediately, which is never what we're supposed to do. Although we kind of get it blocked, half cleared, and it falls to Sherla. And I have to call him out here because he loses the ball and it leads to the goal. He has to clear it. I don't know what he is doing, taking a couple touches in the defensive half, facing his own goal. That's just poor. And then what is Reem doing? The ball goes to his foot, and instead of clearing it, he just kind of almost really plays in Bobby Reed. It's a great through ball to Bobby Reed. Fair play to Reem. Really good vision. Yeah. And then, you know, Benelli comes off his line but can't really get there in time. And it's just a goal of absolutely nothing. It's That's probably the, one of the worst goals if you can see it in some time because that's just an absolute horror show from start to finish. It was. And, yeah, and that was just – it was shocking because when you go up 1-0, you do not expect to be down 2-1 in a matter of minutes. Well, that wasn't the most order.
3: shocking goal because I think the goals in the second half uh, are actually worse, but we can argue. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, we we have a really – we have a great repertoire of goals to pick from. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we can <laughs> – have a luxury to choose.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty poor when we talk about how bad Fulham gave up a goal. Well, this one's worse than this one. That's that's pretty sad. All right, Giannis, I'm actually going to give you a good moment. Let's talk about the 34th minute. Ryan Session scores in the Premier League. We have to talk about this. Just a great goal by this youngster makes the uh, the match 2-2. And uh, it's funny. I'm did Fulham deserve to be a 2-2 at this point? I don't know, but I'll take the goal. And congratulations to Ryan on here.
1: Oh, that was a super goal and super, it was a lovely move. And, and that that pass by Mitro was, dare I say, delicious. Fantastic. Yeah, and it was a lovely, lovely finish. And that was, you know, um, had we got a draw on the basis of the Titanic, um, Kate Winslet shenanigans, you know, we just said it was daylight, nighttime, dusk, dawn robbery. Uh, it was a nice goal and it showed that the quality we've got. Um, but And that's where we are going to worry teams. That's where teams are just going to, you know, have to be wary of what we do on the break and the skill and the speed we've got. The problem is if we defend like that, then, um, any I mean, anything's possible. Um, but it was a lovely goal. And at that point, I thought, you know, what, maybe we we could nick this, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. It wasn't to
3: be, my friend. Actually, uh, Ryan Sussan almost had an opportunity late on in, in the first half, uh, but you have to give uh, credit to uh, Neil Etheridge there and it didn't come off. But let's now move to the second half, and th- there aren't many good moments for foam here. Let's talk about first that Alfie Mawson comes on for Chambers, like we're talking about. That was a move that maybe should have had happened even earlier, but it happened at the beginning of the second half. Then you have a shot by Ryan Sessegnon on the 56-minute from a Fulham perspective. Giannis, I have to go right back to you because this is right in your wheelhouse. Let's talk about the decision to bring on Floyd Aite and take off Serry.
1: Oh, oh, that, that, that really pissed me off. That pissed me off. I turned around to one of the cats and said, "Look, I hey, get get changed. You're coming on soon." <laughs> <laughs> Floyd, bloody Aite, Floyd, freaking. Oh, oh, you know. It, it, let, let's let's be honest. It, if if our midfield had been that poor and they weren't very good, you telling me that Serry was the worst, the worst of the three midfielders? No. No, and, well, and he Steph wasn't Joe, good. But the other two, come on, KMac was Mac was truly terrible, and he was our captain. And Steph Joe, well, it was a sort of game that he he liked because it he had some physicality about it and some gumption and and what have you. That's fair enough. But Seri, you know, is a quality player who has the ability to cut um, ribbons out of. Um, you know, dif- defensive units. You
3: still have the potential to score a goal that he
1: can set up,
3: Giannis. That's why yeah. I didn't understand it.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. I'm just uh, – the only thing – I'm wondering if the, he might have picked up a knock. If he hasn't picked up a knock, then uh, I'd have to ask Slava some questions on this one. because to And and so you decide you're going to put Aite on the left and bring Sessignon back, but you're not going to change the formation. You might as well, if you're going to do anything, bring Anguissa in. Okay, and shore yeah. up and, and shore up that midfield. That's what I would have done. You got a chance, yeah. And he didn't do that. I don't want it to. Uh, it's just me. I, I know people have got me for groaning about Floyd AET and he's my boo boy. But he is my Henry, fathering him with this squad. I love it that. And you know, and did it, it didn't make a jot of difference? No, it didn't make a jot of difference. And we really needed to sort of um, shore up in the midfield where I thought we had, if we were going to do anything in this game. We needed to relieve one of the poor three-legged donkeys that were playing out there, and you know, greatest respect to K Mac and Steph Joe, but it wasn't happening for them. And um, of the three, he took off, I think, the wrong player. So you can imagine that the um... and both
3: of them had yellow cards too. That's what surprised yeah, I me.
1: I know. And I know. did. Somebody put something in Slava's jet in tea at halftime or uh, mm-hmm. before the game. Was it? Was it? You know, was it Serbian vodka? I don't know. It's, it's um, just it was it was it was a little weird. Let's put it that way.
3: Okay, very good. All right, we have pretty much have already talked about the goal in the 65th minute by (laughs) Patterson, so we're not going to go into more detail on that. But that gave Cardiff City the lead, 3-2. Then Fulham have an opportunity in the 74th minute, a free kick by Andre Scherler that hits the wall, doesn't really go anywhere. I was hoping for a little bit better there. I do have to mention this because we were talking about it earlier. Then you have... Gunnarsson coming off and Jazz Richards comes on. Like I said, insult to injury. Ends up playing at the end of this game. And uh, it's just, uh, just it, to lose to Jazz coming on just makes it worse. Then you have uh, in the 82nd minute, Vieto comes on for Johansson. Then you have the opportunity, guys. This was the chance to get the equalizer. And yeah, want to give Neil Etheridge a lot of credit here off of a corner. Alfie Mawson, great header here, but. Nice save by Neil Etheridge. And then we have to go, Max, I'm going to give you the honors in the 87th minute, the goal by Harris, the mistake by Tim Rehm. You talked about it on, on the full-time show. Let's go through the
4: goal that killed off the game. Yeah, because it, it just come from an attack of ours. We were kind of camped out in the Cardiff half. The ball gets cleared. Rehm's running towards his own goal. And he does that little step-over thing. And that comes off in the championship, sure. That's not going to come off in the Premier League. You cannot do those kind of fancy things. There's no need for that. Just take it normally. He wasn't even under that that much pressure. Take it wide, cleared up the wing. You never go back inside, which is what he faked to do. He's going to go back inside. And he slipped. And then the counter goes on. And and to be fair, I think he got up and blocked the ensuing shot um, that came later in the break but then the ball goes across the box and no one's there's no marking you know why would we mark you know why, why would we defend at this point there's really no point Um uh, we've already done we've already done our worst. we might as well make it four goals so and that guy um harris i think perhaps that's his first i think it's definitely his first Premier League goal yep. these are players no one's ever heard of scoring against us let's be honest this is Cardiff city this isn't a good team this is a really poor team and they rightfully scored four, go- four goals against us which yep. is kind of a to sum up in a bit i'm sure we're going to talk about this at the end as well but This is why I think we are in a relegation battle because no team that can go to Cardiff City and concede four goals against a team who scored four goals in the previous eight matches can really be kidding themselves when they say, you know, we're going to be okay. I think we will be okay in the end, but as of now, we were going to be fighting to be above that 18th spot. We're not going to be fighting to be top half or even top 12. This is where we're going to be at the moment, and we have to face facts that, We really have to focus on playing teams around us, getting points at home, keeping clean sheets. We are in a relegation battle.
3: Well, I understand why you're saying that right now, because where they are right now on the table, Max, you know, we've already done this on the full-time show. I disagree with you on this because, uh, and one thing that I do want to mention is the amount of goals Fulham are scoring, because that to me is, is going to be the difference between being in a relegation battle and being mid-table, I think eventually it will shake our way because they're going to have to figure out this defensive issue. And if they do, they're going to be fine because they can score goals. Two on the road is decent. So for giving up four to Cardiff is embarrassing. They have to fix it. If they don't fix it, then Max will be proven right. If they do fix it, I'll be right. We'll see who's right here in a few months' time. But right now, I understand why you're saying what you're saying. All right, guys, quickly, let's now look at the full time stats, see what they tell us. I'll go through them fairly fast here. Possession, Fulham had 60% to 40% for Cardiff City. Total shots, 22 to 9 in favor of Cardiff City. On target, 5 to 4 in favor of, of Cardiff City. Corners were even at 4. Crosses were in favor of Cardiff City, 22 to 9. Attempted passes, 475 to 309 in favor of foam. Passing accuracy, this is a staff foam, are generally at around 80%. They were at 76%. And Cardiff City were at 64%. And fouls, 16 to 15 in favor of foam. Giannis, I'll go to you first quickly. Thoughts on the stats?
1: Well, the, the number of successful passes and, and the sex. sex I'm having a bad weekend, aren't I? The success of them is fine, but, you know, at the end, it's it's the four goals we've conceded. It's not been good enough. I would have said last year, playing a team like Cardiff, um, when we beat them 4-2 before Christmas, I think the the, um, possession was about 70-odd, 72%. Yep. Yeah, and you could see the change there. Um, We looked at at a shadow of of the team that played that day. Unfortunately, it was reflected in the... the, um, Final score. The stats don't. The stats um, tell a bit of the story, but frankly, we were second best. Okay,
4: Max, how about you? Yeah, I was at that match, the Boxing Day match, and last year the fourth Field win, and there really could not have been more different performances. Uh, you know, of course, the passing accuracy is poor for Fulham. No. Um, we had more possession, but you know, it's not enough. And the fact that we let him get you know twenty-two attempts shows who was the really real team on top here, to, despite our Absolutely. possession advantage we were really, for most of the match, which is why I think people are disappointed, we were on the back foot. yep. And that's what really has to let let us all down, is that we cannot even be on the front foot against a team that was the bottom of the league.
3: Totally agree there, my friend. All right. We're not going to go through man of the match because in a match like this, do we even need to go there? I'm not going to go there. So we're not even going to go there this Uh, week. Jazz
4: Richards, obviously. (laughs) Uh, Jazz Richards, exactly. All (laughs) him.
3: Guys, we have to end this way. Let's give a rating to Silvizio Yokovichch. This is going to be interesting. Giannis, I'll give you the first shot at this one three
1: and i'm being i I'm, I'm, and I did that with an asterisk, but you know the lineup looked odd, subs were odd, but the players were terrible, so yeah. you know I mean you can't put your shorts on and go out and play. You can't do it the for it. the day with the whistles blown. Easter, but but the, the selections were, were weird. There was, It was just a weird day and a, not a good day for him. So um, I'd say three.
4: Okay. How about you, Max? I was thinking three as well right before Giannis <laughs> said that. So, yeah, three is, is fair. It's a lucky number. Um, yeah, he was poor.
3: <laughs> okay. Very good. Great show, guys. It's uh, difficult to do after a loss like this. We've been doing too many of these, Max and Giannis. You know, I'm, I'm sick of these. Can Can we get some victories that we can actually have a – a positive Yay. show. But it is like taking off a band-aid, just ripping it off. And I have one more of these to do, and I'll actually be doing it with Matt Smith. I look forward to doing that with him on Monday. That should be interesting, talking about the players, because then we can really dive into their performances, which I think we're all going to agree were terrible. So we'll have something very interesting to talk about on the player rating show. But before we go, I just want to weave you guys with one thought. And this is my final thought, and I want your take on it, and then we'll end this show. And, guys, I mentioned this to you off air because when we worry about, say, relegation, and there's all this talk about relegation. By the way, someone by the name of Old Man Relegation started following the Cottage Talk Twitter page. I just want to let this person know if they listen to this show, I blocked you because I want nothing to do with you. Sorry (laughs) about that. So I just want to mention that. But – Bigger picture here is that if we look at other teams in situations like this and we try to see what has happened in the past, Crystal Palace last season, after nine matches, they were 20th guys. They only had three points. Their goal differential was minus 17. Fulham's was minus 14. So just keep that in mind. And just to look at what happened to Crystal Palace the rest of the season, Okay, they ended 11th and their goal differential was minus 10. So they only went down seven goals from that point on. Goal differential is interesting because this is one of the things that I was surprised when I looked at the Premier League table at the end of the season from last season. So many teams are in the minus and that surprised me. And Yanis, I want to get your thoughts on me bringing up Crystal Palace and also the fact that all of these teams, and I'm looking at minus twenty minus thirty minus sixteen throughout the season in the Premier League, has the league changed to the point where teams in mid table that we can be seeing several teams once again being in the minus when it comes to goal differential
1: yeah yeah i mean we i mean look we we're, we're currently three points off thirteenth, and um we yeah. have teams like um city. And Liverpool and Tottenham, you're probably going to get bashed, and we um, and we have Burnley aren't a bad side, and they got walloped yesterday. So um, yeah, I I, I agree. It's um, the nature of the beast. You know, before the start of the season, if we had a goal difference of minus 164, the main thing is that we finished 17th. That's right. That's really, the bottom line, and um, unfortunately. It, when the Premier League started, compared to where it is now, the haves have so much more than the have-nots.
3: See, that's one of the things that I came to the realization when I looked at this that it was, it's a completely different Premier League that we left in 2013, Yanis.
1: It's even more competitive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And and teams have so much money, and and you know, teams can um, players on the bench. And reserves can probably put out a good, as good a side that can finish mid-table. The top teams can, yep. and really, very good players don't get the chance, um, don't get the chance to get any playing time. So, you know, for um, for every one of us that laughs at Jazz Richards, um, you know, th- th- that's symptomatic of the sort of players sometimes that you get at, a, at yep. our end of the table, yeah, at the top end of the table. But
3: um, me bringing up Crystal Palace, does that give you reason for hope? Because you look at them, I know
1: they have Roy,
3: and we know a good job that Roy can do, but even Roy struggled to get that goal differential down.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It's just a matter of, you know, you, you could lose 7 nothing and win the next one one nothing. It's still better than getting 2-0-0 nil, nil draws because you get three points more than two. The only thing that worries me about that is... um. You know, uh, Slava should be part of this and I believe he will be, but at what point will the Khans maybe pull the rug? Well, I, I hope don't know. they don't. I, I'm
3: on record with I, saying uh, that. If they do it, shame on yeah, them. They that. Should not do it, yeah, we're, hearing,
1: we're hearing the little rumours of, of um, Sam Allardyce out there now um, because he's out of a job and would Sam be the sort of person that could come in and shore up with the way that we play? Um, well, I don't doubt he, he, that he couldn't. He could. Um, but is that what you want slavas you know brought us all this way yep. i think he deserves the chance to at least carry on with us i don't I, i'm not one that uh, you know this thing about uh, you know get rid of Slava i think it's absolutely bloody nonsense but i do think we we've got we've got a lot of problems right now that we've got we to do. address we do. and um oh. i think uh, we um i think tomorrow's going to be i mean to be a fly in the wall down at motspur park tomorrow that would be very interesting totally agree
3: Max, over to you. One other thing I want to mention while I was uh, talking to Giannis, I, I went back and looked at the Premier League table how it ended last season. I can go all the way down to seventh with Burnley that has minus three goal differential. Everton, minus 14 goal differential at eighth. And it goes on and on and on. It goes all the way to seventh, Max. And this surprises me because I remember Fulham back in their heyday, you know, again, they would either be, Close to zero or a little bit above that, if I can remember correctly. And when I notice all these teams at a minus gold differential, I'm realizing this league is different.
4: The league is different. But one thing I'd say is, although that that kind of stat is comforting, one thing that's not comforting is that for the past, you know, however many weeks, we've been saying, "Listen, we're going to be fine." There's so many bad teams in the Premier League. There's so many. There are at least three teams worse than us. And first, not list. We've always said Cardiff City are nailed on (laughs) to finish twentieth. And we just got beat by them 4-2. I know. So that, that, that's why my optimism is kind of dissipating. Hopefully I can get something next week against Bournemouth to change my mind. You know okay. me, Russ. I am the optimist. It takes a lot to get me pessimistic. But losing 4-2 I know. to Cardiff. What Carter, happened to Optimus Max? The what happened to him? <laughs> 4-2 to Cardiff. That's going to do the trick, mate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. But listen, the fact that I can point out Crystal Palace to you, and also Leicester City a few years before that under Nigel Pearson, it should give you hope that things can get better,
4: that it's not dire after nine matches.
3: There is hope. I will
4: say that. There is hope. I just need to see (laughs) something from this team to give me more hope. I know.
3: You want want a sign. You want a sign that things are changing. I I get it. All right. Great show, guys. Fantastic show. It's always good, like I said, to just – get through this. We've done it. I feel better. I hope you guys feel better. But let's wrap this up for my co-hosts, Yana Janais and Max Cohen. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to
0: Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things. Like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today.
4: You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? Try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only, while supplies last, Price subject to applicable taxes and fees.